Morning everyone. Hope you're okay. Question. What do you hope for? Do you sometimes get more than you actually hoped for? Because in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, this is what it says. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. So in other words, God not only wants to make your dreams come true, but he wants to exceed them. Do we believe that? I wonder sometimes. You know, Christmas and the story of Jesus begins with John, John the Baptist. He was a forerunner, one who came before. The story of John begins with his father, Zachariah. Uh, and you know, at some point in our lives, all human lives get interwoven. We just don't realise it, but all our lives are interwoven with each other. Zachariah was a priest and he longed to be able to light the incense on the altar, uh, which was in the Holy of Holies. And every year there were only 14 opportunities to do this. And in order to do this fairly, lots were drawn. It was so special that not even the high priests were allowed to win the lots more than once. So it was a once in a lifetime experience. They could only do it once. And the incense would be lit, the incense would be burned, and that represented the prayers of the people being offered up to God. So it was a big deal, it was a big thing. And Zachariah had prayed and prayed and prayed. He was faithful, but it never seemed to happen. So it was disappointment after disappointment. He never won. He was, as we would say today, a loser. His dreams were gone. But when it happened, he was chosen. He'd watched his brothers. He'd watched his cousins. He'd watched his friends all get picked, all get chosen. And also, he was knocking on in years. You had to be between 30 and 50 in order to be chosen, in order to win the lottery, as it were, in those days. And so he was edging towards 50, so his time was running out. So you can imagine that when he eventually got chosen, his joy, his surprise, his emotion, I bet he put a smile on his face. He'd waited all that time, he'd been faithful all that time. He's finally chosen. I would have been smiling. I'm sure you would have been. He was chosen. His moment came and it got time to enter the temple. And enter the temple he did. But what happened was he got more than he had hoped for on that visit as he received a visit from an angel, Gabriel. He'd imagined the day, but he doubted when the angel told him he would bear a son to Elizabeth. And so the angel shut his mouth for nine months. He was becoming an old man. Elizabeth was an old woman. They were losers. They hoped, but there was no hope. They were beyond prayer. It would seem not, because Elizabeth would have a son. I am old. My wife is old. We're childless. We can't have children. But it happened. Elizabeth had a son, John, a forerunner. 
and they couldn't take the credit for that, but God could. The Spirit of God moves between Zachariah and Elizabeth. The Spirit of God moves in amongst the same old routines. Some may say the same old tradition that we ourselves sometimes knock. The humdrum of the day-to-day living that we sometimes experience. The Lord moves in. God breaks in to the normal. God breaks in to the commonplaces. God breaks into the ordinary every day of our lives. And John, the son, would be a forerunner. But so were, I believe, Zachariah and Elizabeth. God prepared them as parents. God prepared them as individuals. And as parents, our job is to lead by example. Because if the truth's known, are we ever ready? Are we ever prepared, really, to be parents? And John was a pace setter. But when the time is right, John drops out by saying, he must increase, I must decrease. Zachariah and Elizabeth, you know, they were faithful. They were praying. They were speechless. They were doubting sometimes, but they were devoted to and obeyed God. All the things that we are sometimes, they're no different. We struggle, we doubt, we pray, we try to remain faithful. So they were no different to you and me. It's not just about being physical, biological parents all the time, but it's sometimes about being spiritual parents as well. So we've heard the story, we know what it's about. So why should that story encourage us? Here's why it should encourage us. It should encourage us because God has a plan for the world. Malachi 3 verse one, it says this, Behold, I send a messenger and he will prepare the way for me. God isn't a spur of the moment God. He thinks about what's best for all of us as a corporate body, but also as individuals. Another thing to encourage us is this, every person has a purpose. God only wants what's best for us. That's how he intended it to be. John's purpose was to make people ready for Jesus. That is ours, surely. It's no different. It's to get other people ready for Jesus and prepare them for Jesus, introduce them to Jesus, get them to meet Jesus through us and through the way we are and the way we act and the way we move about in our daily societies and the places where we work. We all have a purpose and that includes raising our own children. It includes sharing the love of God and the news of Jesus with everyone that we come into contact with. We should also be encouraged because God prepares us as parents to fulfill his purposes. 
God prepared Zachariah and Elizabeth as he does us. We are born for a time. We are born for a reason. We are born for a plan. And this story clearly shows us that fact. We are born for a purpose. And God has a plan for me. And God has a plan for you as well. We should all be encouraged as well because God makes promises. Malachi chapter 4. Verses five and six says this, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a course. They're the last words in the Old Testament. And then God is quiet for some 400 years. Does he forget his promise during the silence? No. The angel's announcement to Zechariah, 400 years later, uses exactly the same words. God's promises are made fresh and new in our lives. And not only in our lives, but also in the lives of others. God keeps his promises. What does the angel say to, of the forerunner? He says this. In Luke chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to, Lord, to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The Bible is full of promises from God. To you and to me, he has kept them. He will keep every single one of them. Another thing to encourage us, God answers prayers. Luke chapter one, verse 13. The promise of a son is given to Zachariah and Elizabeth. Your prayer has been heard. Prayers are not always answered as we would like them to be or how we think they should be but God always answers our prayers I think sometimes we like we would like prayers to be answered the way we want them to be answered and we can turn into a, a little bit like a spoilt child sometimes where we stamp our feet if God doesn't answer them as we would like but what we have to understand is that God wants what's best for us God knows the best way to answer our prayers and sometimes we don't understand the answers he gives but we have to trust him that he knows best what do you hope for let's look at some other people peter in the bible he wanted to be a rabbi and he became a disciple on whom the church was eventually built Paul wanted to be a scholar and he wrote more books in the Bible than any other author. Moses freed his people from slavery, led them into their own land, established their law and culture for all time. Billy Graham was a door-to-door -door salesman and he became one of the world's greatest evangelists. Smith Wigglesworth, a humble plumber who again became another great evangelist Corrie ten Boom 
prisoner of war, suffered greatly and her family, yet a great witness of God's love and God's forgiveness. Mother Teresa came from nothing to be an amazing woman of God and an amazing missionary to the poor. All forerunners, all carrying the baton, as we saw in the race, all passing the baton on at some point. They decreased, God increased. Here's the thing. It's normally in the small things, the unexpected things, the unexpected places that God actually speaks to us. We never know what God might have in store or has got in store for us, for you. So expect great things. Believe great things. We've already received salvation. So we already have received more than we could have ever imagined or expected. So again, I'll ask the question, what are you hoping for? What am I hoping for? You may doubt, as we said earlier, join the club. We're all in it. C.S. Lewis said this, you can only have doubts when you have faith. Doubt is entirely normal. Nobody pursue, pursues a project of faith without his or her days of doubt. And here's the thing. Atheists don't hate fairies or unicorns or leprechauns because they don't exist. It's impossible to hate something that doesn't exist. Atheists hate God because he exists. Now the thing is, we're all people filled with sin. But the promise of the gospel is forgiveness and reconciliation. That's the good news. And we attain that through grace and mercy. We accept this for ourselves, but we have a problem in accepting it for others and applying it to them sometimes. I wonder why that is. I don't know the answer. I'm just posing the question. But here's the thing. With Jesus, acceptance precedes change. I'll say that again. With Jesus, unlike us sometimes, acceptance precedes change. What is your hope? What is your dream? What is your desire? What do you hope for? Because... We are all, I believe, called to be forerunners, every single one of us. There have been some before us, there will be more after us. It's a bit like a relay, hence the video at the beginning. It's a bit like a relay race where we have the baton and we pass the baton on. Are we a pace setter? Maybe we've dropped the baton. Maybe we've never picked the baton up. Maybe it's our time to pass the baton on. God wants you and me to give our full life to him so that he can make it better and more better 
than we could ever make it on our own. I believe God wants us to raise our expectations today. Are we prepared to take God at his word? Are we prepared to believe in him? Are we prepared to accept and claim his promises? Because God is always working. Even in this time of the pandemic, God is still at work. God is still moving. His spirit is still amongst us. A pastor friend of mine said this week, we need adaptable strategies for an unchanging mission. Great words. We need in this time adaptable strategies for an unchangeable mission. What do you hope for? Martin Luther said this about doubt. The art of doubting is easy for it's an ability that is born with us. Each of us, however confident we are, may be a doubter. So Martin Luther's prayer should strike a chord in all of our hearts. Here it is. And if you like, you can say this with me. So I'll say it slowly. And then if you repeat the line. Dear Lord, although I am sure of my position, I am unable to sustain it without you. So help me or I am lost. Amen. Last thing to say this morning. What do you hope for? What are you doing about it? Are you prepared to be a forerunner? Amen.